it, humans are crazy because we are the smartest species, and yet we're the only species that needs to be told how much to eat. You don't see obese lions running around the, the, the Sahara, right? Like, it just doesn't happen. Welcome to the Vince Del Monte Podcast Show, where each week we bring you the raw and real experiences, lessons, and timeless principles every man needs to master the five M's of manhood. By sharing conversations with the world's most successful people pursuing the five M's, you'll build muscle faster, achieve a winner's mindset, increase your money, dominate your mission, and go the distance with your marriage. My name is Vince Del Monte, entrepreneur, author, pro fitness model, and father. And I've helped tens of thousands of men transform their bodies and lives through muscle, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. My man, Ryan, what is going on? Dude, how's it going? <laughs> Great to have you. Great to have me on your, on your podcast again. <laughs> you, taking o- you taking over my show or what? <laughs> if, you, if you'd let me, I would. Well, well, dude, the last time we talked, I don't know if I told you, but the 30-Day Metabolic Reboot uh, podcast that we did in January, for those who haven't heard it, they should, that's been the most popular podcast to date. Right on, man. That's great. So people want more cutting-edge, no-nonsense nutrition information, training information, and we just um, have got a really excited, exciting announcement to share with you guys. We're having a baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope. But we're not. both having babies. <laughs> yeah, we're both having babies. I'm having a baby with my wife. You're having a baby with your wife. Don't let's not get give listeners the wrong idea yeah. here, brother. Right. I'm glad that you clarified. I was getting worried. <laughs> We only went to Las uh, Vegas once, man. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you would have seen the two of us in Vegas, you <laughs> might think that we were having one together. <laughs> hey, man, we uh, we we might we got to keep this uh, PG here. No, guys, uh, yeah, we've had a lot totally. of good times. Ryan knows how to have a good time. I know how to, how to, how to have a good time. And uh, today we want to uh, teach you guys how to have a good time uh, with your life. But that requires being able to cut through the nutrition industry BS. And I think it might be... Uh, it may be more than ever right now with so many different voices, so much noise. And what we want to talk to you guys about today is um, what really matters to get lean. And um, after this podcast, we've got another one called Muscular Intentions versus Progressive Overload, which is the right focus for you, can both coexist in the same program. And then we're going to do another one, Are You Sensitive Enough to Grow Muscle and Get Shredded? All right, so we've got three killer podcasts on deck for you guys and um, the intention is to help you guys crush 2018 with your fitness and um, physique goals. All right, so at the end of the call, we're going to be making a special invitation to anyone who wants to take their fitness to the next level, whether it be physique, whether it may be performance. Uh, Ryan and I have a very unique opportunity for you guys to work uh, specifically with Coach Ryan to ensure this is the year you have a breakthrough. So we want to just, uh, we, we came actually to you guys in our private Team Del Monte Facebook group uh, where you know Ryan is the head coach and I'm in there and we're talking to you guys about what you're struggling with. And these three topics were the three topics you told us you guys wanted to hear more about. So uh, Ryan's going to kick it off. You know, he's front and center, leading the charge, working with you guys one-on-one, receiving the emails, seeing the progress pictures, getting the check-ins, hearing what you're still struggling with. And we wanted to kick it off with a bang here, Ryan. So where are we at, man, with all the BS in the industry with uh, nutrition? 
Oh man, where are we at? It's getting worse and worse. It's like every time I shift or, or go and surf the net, it's feel it's like I'm stepping in more BS. Um, it's it's like standing in the middle of a field and all around you are just cow pies. You know what I mean? Like just just poop everywhere, right? Like there's a lot of bad information out there, and you know me, Vince. I'm I'm a realist. Like I want people. I like to cut through and get to what really matters. Um, the fact is. New diets and nutrition strategies are a dime a dozen, um, and they pretty much all bank on the fact that you're going to fail and come back to them another time. Because if you think about it, if most diets actually worked, dieting would not be a multi-billion dollar industry, and it is. It's a multi-billion with a B dollar industry. You have eBooks, you have diet pills, supplements, uh, accountability meeting groups like Weight Watchers, detoxes, cleanses, and yet we're getting fatter and fatter as a society. And so diets simply do not work um, because a lot of people don't understand the underlying mechanisms between, um, in, in terms of what they're doing. They, they think that there's a magic pill or a magic ingredient or one superfood that they can eat or a supplement they can take or a certain strategy. But the fact remains that there are a couple key things that have to happen in order to see success uh, with your nutrition plan. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what um, what is necessary, absolutely necessary to achieve fat loss that's permanent, as well as talk about how you can use different strategies. So I am, uh, with, with the people that have uh, done one-on-one -on -one coaching with me before, I am not a one-trick pony. I am not afraid to use intermittent fasting. I'm not afraid to use carbon calorie cycling. I'm not afraid to use a low-fat diet. I'm not used to, a lot, afraid to use a high-fat ketogenic diet. I'm not afraid um, of, of doing modified fasting. There's all different strategies that are effective. It's knowing when to incorporate them and at what times and when they're most appropriate. Um, so the first thing is most diets that are out there that are popular – are simply rehashed versions of older diets. The Atkins diet, the anabolic diet, the ketogenic diet, it's all pretty similar in structure. So don't get caught up in the names. There's really nothing quote unquote new um, about nutrition in terms of getting lean. Like the, every diet strategy um, goes back to the same principles. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, man. I, this is the reason I, I got to get you on more often too, man. Like you just keep it real. You know, we balance each other nicely. You know, we do need to get people excited about their goals and I get it. You know, we got to come out with the, uh, you know, catchy title for them to see like this might be something different. But at the end of the day, people need to understand that there are only a few tried and true rules that are going to take them from point A to point B. So that's what we're going to kind of get into. And, and what the reason we're telling you guys this is so that you're mentally prepared. You know, what we know is that like once we start a protocol with you, it's just an educated guess based on what you've told us and what we've seen work with others and based on the science that we rely on. And we still have to make tweaks. I think the biggest um, pet peeve of mine is people thinking that one strategy is going to work all the way from the, you know, zero yard, lard, yard line, if you will, all the way into the end zone. And we might be, we might need to make uh, adjustments at the 20 yard line, 50 yard line, 80 yard line to keep you going into the end zone. And I, the way I describe these is, you know, the further you move the ball up the field, the leaner you get, the bigger the battle gets because the opposing 
uh, team or your body, if you will, that doesn't want the fat to let go becomes more and more resistant. The fight becomes harder and harder. So we need to keep tweaking things and we, we can't get shocked when the program stops to work or the resistance starts to increase as we get closer and closer to that end zone or that goal percentage body fat we have. Yeah, that's a great point, Vince. I mean, human metabolism is adaptable. So anyone that's ever started an intense diet knows that the first two weeks are cake. The first two weeks, man, a lot of times you're dropping weight. Uh, you feel good. You're not that hungry. Motivation is high. But then some changes happen to the metabolism, and all of a sudden now you have ridiculous cravings. Your energy's down. And so just being mindful of that. And Ryan, can we sit on this for a second? Because uh, yeah. I believe there's a term for this. I don't, I've heard some people call it the cold catecholamine effect. I've heard some b- people call it the anti-catabolic phase, where it's essentially the phase where your body hasn't caught on that it's in a caloric deficit. So it surrenders fat easily. Uh, but then, Correct. but then you get it and, and it's kind of that like honeymoon phase, if you will, it's kind of like meeting a girl, you know, the first three weeks are amazing, <laughs> right, you know, right. everything is like perfect. Right. And you're like, Oh man, I wish I met this girl before. Oh man. I wish I started this diet before I feel amazing. I'm looking better. This is easy, man. There's no hunger here. But then all of a sudden you hit that phase. And, and, um, I think people need to understand that every diet works for at least to two, at least two to three uh, weeks. Uh, Would you agree with that kind of range? I agree a hundred percent. If it's set up properly, yes. Two to three weeks, um, for most, uh, is about the amount of time it takes for like the metabolic compensation patterns to happen. So basically, you know, your body's constantly adapting. If you eat a lot of food, your metabolism raises up. If you eat less food, your metabolism will slow down. It's unavoidable. It's it's just physiology. Your body does not know the difference uh, between you trying to get a six-pack for the beach versus being stranded on a desert island with no food. And so it's a preservation mechanism with the goal of keeping you alive. And thank God we have it because, you know, if, if you if you were able to lose all of your stored calories rapidly – then we would have no ability to survive during during tough times. You know, you'd, you'd fast for a couple days or go on a calorie deficit, and all of a sudden you'd be dead because you, your body would surrender all of its stored fuel. So it, it's a good thing that this happens, but it's also frustrating for people that are looking to get leaner. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so we have to mentally prepare. Like, we can't take credit for the. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is that you can't take credit for the weight loss in the first three weeks. It's like everyone gets that. You know, the first three weeks of a relationship is great for everybody because, uh, you know, the true um, challenges of a diet of a relationship haven't come to surface yet. So, uh, once you're like, oh yeah, of course you're going to lose 10, 15 pounds in the first two, three weeks. I mean, obviously, depending on where you're starting. Of course the first two three weeks are a breeze that's how your body's set up so now we experience that first setback that first week that first way in where you've hit some uh a plateau or two i know we're going to come back to the nutrition um uh, bs um myths and all that in a second but i just want people to really be clear that like all these different diets wouldn't exist if people understood this fundamental fact that you're going to hit a roadblock and the goal the the whole challenge is not avoiding the roadblocks but being able to figure out why you've hit a roadblock and maybe ryan you can share how much back and forth sometimes it goes um you know how much goes into working with someone until you're like okay try this try this try this or or you know what i'm saying 
Oh gosh, yeah. We have, you know, I've had clients that we've tried some things, um, several things in a row, and then finally found the thing, the thing that worked for them. And so, once you get a diet, that's not the end of the road, right there. That's just a starting point. And typically, I'll tell people, um, I want at least fourteen consecutive days of following a similar nutrition strategy before we decide to make a change. And oftentimes, I've had some cases where we've had to make changes every 14 days for a period of time. Um, so it's a, a nutrition plan shouldn't be seen uh, as something that you just have and then you're good to go. It should be seen as a living, breathing, constantly adapting uh, plan to basically stay one step ahead of where uh, your physiology is. And, and what I like to tell people is nutrition in the gym uh, and training is often uh, two steps forward, one step back. Just a simple example. Let's say you've been dieting for 10 to 12 weeks successfully and you've stuck to the plan and you've started really dropping uh, body fat. Now, let's say week 12, 13, 14, you're hitting a plateau and your body weight doesn't want to budge and you're starting to get really ridiculous cravings um, that you can't tolerate. They're unbearable and you find yourself on the verge of a binge and your workouts are suffering. Well, it's time at that point to take a diet break. And what you do for that is you've actually pushed calories up a little bit. And it seems counterintuitive because you're like, wait, I'm trying to lose fat. Why would I push calories up? And the reason is... We are trying to prevent that metabolic compensation pattern from happening. So by eating more, we're stimulating the metabolism to burn at a hotter rate. It's like adding logs to a fire, right? If you want your metabolic fire to burn hot, you have to uh, periodically add some logs onto it. Uh, it's, li it's literally no different than a fire. It's, it literally is like physics where you put logs on a fire for fuel and that creates heat. Calories are nothing more than a measurement of heat you know it's it's simple physics so when you when the fire starts to go out you have to put another log on and give it some fuel to get it cranking back up again so what you do is you spend a couple uh it could be anywhere from th one meal to three or four weeks to six months on this diet break depending on how far you pushed in the first place and then over a period of time the metabolism catches back up and then you go right back down to the lower calorie levels and you start losing body fat quickly again. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's an art and a science, but it's really important to often be, to be guided with this by a professional because um, there is some variability. Some people who are perpetual physique competitors or perpetual dieters, uh, they often need 6, 8, 9, 12 months of increased calories before they fix their metabolic rates. I had a client recently that was like that. She came to me and was like eating super low calories and, and not getting anywhere. And we literally spent nine months adding food, adding food, adding food, never all at once. It was always very gradually until her metabolism was burning hot again. And then we, when we did eventually cut the calories, man, she dropped weight really quickly because now she had an efficient, effective metabolism. Well, that must have been a huge moment for her to like finally discover that. And that's something you probably heard before, but if you haven't experienced it, man, it really does require that like commitment to trust you, one, yes. your coach, to trust the process because you've seen this, you know. And, you know, one of the things I've said to all of my business coaching clients who are scared to make the leap is I say, what intimidates you doesn't intimidate me. 
And I yep. think um, people need to know that if they're about to commit to fixing their metabolism, and from what I'm understanding, the more coaches I talk to, it seems like everyone virtually, virtually, I don't like to use absolutist terms, but almost virtually everyone is starting with some form of metabolic slowdown or damage or dysfunction. And the length of yes. time is going to be obviously dependent on the individual, but this um, seems to be like almost a, uh, a necessary step for everyone. Uh, because who who out it's, there has done everything perfectly from, from day one? How would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Vince, I'm running into it more and more. Um, and if you look at the scientific data of how many calories per day our grandparents ate and their grandparents ate, they eat way more than we they ate way more than we did, but we're also fatter. And a lot of it is that metabolic compensation. People are just dieting year round. They go through these diet and binge cycles, and it just they end up with a damaged metabolism and higher levels of body fat. And we're just trying to reverse that. We're trying to uh, build a robust, healthy metabolism while decreasing body fat. And you're not going to be able to do that if you're constantly starving yourself for for a year round period of time. So. Yeah, so where do you think some of this um, – I mean, let's actually paint the picture this way. If somebody doesn't treat the root problem of the rebound weight gain and going from one diet to the next, you know, what happens to these guys who, who say, you know what, I'm just going to go extreme again? Paint the picture, the reality of the situation for people that don't commit to saying, I need to spend the next year slowly dropping weight or slowly increasing calories, whichever path makes more sense for them uh, based it's on an your assessment. It's an, ugly, it's an ugly picture, Vince, for people that yo-yo because here's what happens. They will start an extreme diet with very, very, very low calories, not enough uh, quality phytonutrients, not enough fiber, uh, just an unhealthy diet. And then initially, they'll lose a little bit of body fat, but as they get deeper and deeper into the diet, uh, they begin to lose lean muscle tissue. Now, lean muscle tissue is responsible for roughly 70% of your metabolic rate. So it's important. Um, ha just having a lot of muscle will make your metabolism much faster than any kind of workout you can do, okay? So these people diet themselves and do less muscle mass. Then all of a sudden, they become intolerably hungry where they can no longer control their cravings and at that point they start binging on food so their diet shifts from they go from let's say 800 calories a day to now all of a sudden they're eating 4,000 calories a day and it's not 4,000 calories of uh, lean bison meat and broccoli and apples and, and rice it's 4,000 calories of McDonald's ice cream candy uh, because the body is desperately, desperately trying to um, overcome that starvation deficit. So then, at that point, their fat cells are very, very receptive to taking on more body fat. So the fat cells essentially open up, and now they're sitting in a position where their muscle mass is lower, their fat cells are soaking in every single daggone calorie they're eating, to the point where some fat cells are getting so big that they divide and create two fat cells, which then start filling up and they get fatter and fatter and fatter. Then the realization comes again, oh my gosh, I've let myself go. I need to do a crash diet to get back in shape. And they do another crash diet. They lose a little bit of the fat, but then they lose even more muscle mass. And then the same thing happens again. They get to that intolerable hunger point and they start binging. And year after year, 
they end up skinnier muscular wise and fatter body fat wise the dreaded skinny fat body um and then after a period of time it's like even if they do eat healthy food they start putting on body fat and that's the point where you just get depressed and give up um i've seen it i've seen it i've had i had people in my gym this week um that are in that exact scenario from years of yo-yo dieting um and doing the wrong things and never taking a break never reestablishing homeostasis and not focusing on lean body mass as well that's great so paint the ideal outcome the ideal situation so somebody comes to you and they say ryan i'm committed man let's work together four months six months 12 months whatever you recommend what's it going to look like they're coming in with some, they've struggled with their weight. Maybe they're not like, whether they're like a slightly overweight, maybe they got like 10 to 30 pounds of fat to lose. I'd say that's probably the majority of people that come to us, would you say? Yep. Yeah, I would say. So they got 10 to 30 pounds of fat to lose. I'm committed. I'm going to trust you for once in my life. I'm going to trust the process of coaching. Uh, what's the ideal vision outcome for this individual? Well, for that person, first of all, we would start a nutrition plan and the, with the goal being to gradually coax the body fat off um, while maintaining, if not building, lean body mass. Now, what that would look like, let's take, just for simplicity and number's sake, let's take someone that has 30 pounds of fat to lose. Where most people go wrong is they try to lose that whole 30 in one shot. Boom, they try to do it in one <laughs> shot. And they may... They may do it. They may do that in 12 weeks, but then the rebound effect afterwards um, is where they go wrong. And I always say, um, you know, how you eat when you're not, quote unquote, on a diet is more indicative of your success than which diet strategy you choose. Hmm. So um, what, I, what I would That's prefer, good. That's really good. Say that again, Ryan. That, just, that was really oh, good. Yeah. How you eat when you're not, quote unquote, on a diet is more indicative of success than which diet strategy you choose. So it wow. doesn't matter if you use a ketogenic diet, IAFYM, fasting, Weight Watchers. It doesn't really matter. What matters is when you switch to the point where your brain is not quote-unquote dieting and you're eating intuitively, how is it that you're eating? Are you binging on everything because you've restricted yourself for so long? Or are you just eating a slightly more uh, food, but it's mostly nutritious food. Okay. So to, going back to our example, if someone has 30 pounds of fat to lose, the way I would prefer to do it would be to start off and lose 10 pounds initially, maybe over the course of 12 to 16 weeks, and then take a little diet break. And during that diet break, maybe they put three or four pounds back on. So they lost 10, they go back up four, but now here's where the beauty of it happens. Over the course of that diet break, we have restored their metabolic rate to where it was previously, but now they are starting at a body fat that is six pounds less than when they originally started. So now when we cut calories again, now we drop maybe 10 more, and now they're 16 pounds lighter, right? And then we take another little diet break. Maybe they gain two or three pounds of fat back, but we've restored their metabolism back to the starting point again. And then we hit another little diet. So it's, it's two steps forward, one step back until they reach the goal. And basically what that allows you to do is lose body fat while never putting your metabolism at risk for these, um, this compensation pattern and while also never pushing yourself to the point where your cravings are so ridiculous that you're going to fall completely off the wagon. No, that's amazing. 
Okay, and let's talk about such like the importance of coaxing your body into gaining more muscle and increasing strength gradually and forcing that metabolic rate up so that your body requires these extra calories. Yes, I always like to eat to fuel hard, intense weight training sessions. Your muscle mass is very, very precious um, for your metabolism as well as for how you look. And so if you are eating so little on a diet that you're having bad workouts and you're not able to get stronger over time, and this, you know, there's there's some caveat to that, and we'll get to that in our second podcast of muscular intentions versus progressive overload. But in general, you should strive to get stronger over time with great technique. Um, if you're constantly having bad workouts because you're eating too little, um, that's just going to compromise your lean body mass. So, uh, and psychologically, it's a lot better too thinking about eating for performance as opposed to eating for uh, to lose body fat. It's just a more healthy. Uh, place to be that you eat well to to push your really awesome gym workouts um it's it's psychologically better but yeah lean body mass is critical um if you look okay just to break it down cut i'm going to cut through the nutrition industry bs really quickly we could totally end the podcast right after this statement but we're not going to (laughs) but basically the foundational principle that all literally all successful diet strategies work on is that they create a sustainable calorie deficit over time while eating enough protein to maximize lean body mass, eating enough nutritious food, so phytonutrients, fiber, minerals, vitamins, etc. to support health, and eating in a manner that does not create intolerable hunger or slow metabolic rate. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. So if you tick those boxes, calorie deficit over time that's sustainable, enough protein to maximize lean body mass, enough nutritious food, so loads of veggies, and then no uh, intolerable hunger or or metabolism slowdown, you can pick any strategy you choose as long as you fit in that category and you will be golden. So if you look at like a ketogenic diet, basically a ketogenic diet simply removes carbs and protein to create a calorie deficit. A ketogenic diet is a high fat diet and by eliminating certain macronutrients, that's how they get their deficit. Um, A low-fat diet basically removes fat to create the deficit. Um, IAFYM, those people that do that, if it fits your macros, they neurotically track every single gram of everything that enters their mouth to ensure that they're hitting a deficit. Um, Intermittent fasting uses restricted feeding windows. So a lot of intermittent fasters, they won't cut out certain foods so they won't restrict carbs, they won't restrict fats, but they will say you can only eat between uh, you know, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. each day. So naturally, by cutting out several other meals in the day, you're creating a calorie deficit. So that's basically every single successful strategy, you have to create a calorie deficit. But then those other points are also uh, important as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we, so we get into this deficit, and now the, the – um, processes in motion so now it's simply a, it's a function of time it's essentially a let and how important is it to like strip away um the whole concept of um outcome-based goals where hey i'm going to do this in x amount of days um because i said so <laughs> because i'm right. entering this um transformation contest or because uh I'm giving myself this deadline or I have to be ready. Do, do you feel um, 
What are your thoughts on the use of deadlines in hitting your goals? They can be very effective, but they can also be very detrimental. Yes. Uh, and in fact, I'm going to argue that it's about, in my experience, it's probably effective for maybe 20% of the clients I have, hmm. and it's detrimental for the other 80%. Wow. That, and, I didn't think you were going to say that big of a range. Yeah. And the reason is simply because when you have a deadline, you will do anything to, driven people will do anything to get to that deadline. So here's an example. If I say I need to lose 20 pounds by five days from now, okay, five days, I have to do something really, really extreme to get there. And my physiology just doesn't want to do it. So I will have, to, I would have to completely eliminate pretty much all food. I would have to fast essentially. Um, I would have to dehydrate. So put myself in a very unhealthy position just to achieve a specific number. And you know what the, the BS thing of it is, mm -hmm. is that 20 pounds down, that's not 20 pounds of fat lost. That's just a scale weight number. That's just, you know, that's going to be mostly fluid. And so deadlines force you to chase after artificial results hmm. so weight in and of oh, itself man, that's good say that again ryan deadlines force you to deadline chase artificial results that's really good man so if i say if i give you x number of weeks to lose 20 pounds that that amount of weight you're trying to lose doesn't really mean anything you could lose a lot of muscle mass and i'm going to argue if you lose uh, 18 pounds of muscle mass and two pounds of fat, that was not a successful strategy for you. And so that's what I see happening most of the time when deadlines are introduced um, or disordered eating patterns. Now, that being said, for 20%, I'd say 20% of clients, having deadlines is important to keep them on track. Where a lot of people go wrong is they set unrealistic goals for their deadlines, if that makes sense. Hmm. So when I... I did a photo shoot in 2015 and I, so I had a deadline, but I allowed myself like 30 weeks to diet, which is a long, long time for, for someone who is already in pretty good shape. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, most people want to do it in eight weeks or 12 weeks or 30 days or, you know, whatever it may be. And so realistic timelines is important if you're going to use deadlines. Yeah, that's, in, that's impressive. Like, so to, to just like mentally say, I'm going to give myself 30 weeks, but I mean, you know, my story too, I, I got my yeah. body, I'm still hanging, um, tough around like on average 200 to 204, 205 year round. And, and that was from that one year I took, I remember the email you sent me, uh, for those who don't know, who might be new to the podcast, uh, Ryan's been guiding me since uh, my elbow surgery. And, um, you know, he always brings me back down to earth and he just reminds me of, you know, no, he also knows me, he knows my kind of, um, extremity, um, type of uh styles but um so he'll remind me vince i want you to go slow and he'll capitalize slow slow <laughs> as in no more in capital letters half a pound per week and he just spells it out that one sentence was like you know the, the price of coaching times you know 10 <laughs> because i'm like okay i'm gonna trust this guy i've never done it like this i've never gone that slow he says all i want you to do is focus on losing half a pound per week on average on average, and you gave me the specific strategy to weigh myself every morning at the same time and average out my scale weight over a seven-day period, not a day-to-day -day window, uh, day-to-day period, and just that like 
not freaking out if the weight wasn't going down on a week to week basis, but assessing it more from like a, you know, two to three week window basis was that's, that was the strategy that has kept me lean, the leanest I've been and the most consistent I've been ever in my 15 years of being in the bodybuilding world. Right. And here's the beauty of it too, Vince. And I was, I was going to touch on this later, but I'll talk about it now. How tightly do you track your food or restrict yourself right now to stay? And I've seen your Instagram pictures. You're lean right now. How tightly are you tracking things? Not very, right? Dude. You're Italian. You eat pasta. You have wine. You enjoy life. You oh, man. Family. So here's the, here's the take home, guys. A dietary strategy is beneficial at first, but eventually you're going to have to wean yourself off off and learn to eat intuitively okay so learn to humans are crazy because we are the smartest species uh and yet we're the only species that needs to be told how much to eat you don't see like you don't see you don't see obese lions running around this the the sahara right like you, you don't like it just doesn't happen and yet humans as smart as we are we're freaking dumb when it comes to nutrition, because we're, we have, we think we have to know and weigh and measure every gram. Learn to eat intuitively, and that's the beauty of taking things slow too. When you take things slow on a diet, what we did with you, Vince, there was a time where you were very strict with uh, weighing and measuring or, or port figuring your portion sizes, but because we took it slow, we never let your metabolism crash, and therefore now that you're at a lean place. You can you have a little more freedom, and you don't ever feel like you're uh, missing out. Because I know I know big Italian family. I know you got some delicious food and wine that you like to enjoy, and I would hate to have you uh, miss out on that stuff. So yeah, no um, kidding. <laughs> it's, the best, it's the best part of life. But you know, Ryan, let's sit on like this whole idea of like what we're really trying to dig here at is like what's the root issue of all this? Because I think I don't know if we're saying anything like. I think the whole when I learned about the thirty day win, or sorry, the three week anti catabolic window. When I learned about like going slow, half a pound per week, not coaxing, or sorry, not forcing, but coaxing the fat off. Those like were like those were really beneficial. But like you know, people know they've got to avoid you know starvation feelings. They know they need to get protein regularly, veggies regularly. You know, at the root, at the root problem here, I, I really feel that this is all coming down to people demanding an illusion of control that doesn't exist totally and and trying to force an outcome against a system against um something that's been created by a higher power that is way smarter than you (laughs) (laughs) exactly and and, Um, and, you know you know what i'm saying like and you and I both have uh, the same face, so you know we we could probably yeah. like go a little. We could go down a rabbit hole here, but I, I really feel just to keep this on a simple level, people are trying to control something when this requires a degree of like what you were describing for me, like Vince, how much you were telling me, how much have you tried to like control things, and, and what you're basically saying is like I haven't. You know, yeah. I've just followed a set of rules and principles that aren't typically sexy because my body's already built to pull me back or to bring me up depending on if I'm li- eating too little or eating too much. You know, our metabolisms are like a thermostat. I love that analogy. You know, the thermostat yeah. will crank up if somebody left the doors open and um, if somebody um, closed all the windows on a hot day, the thermostat's going to turn off. 
It's like yep. the, the body already has a built-in thermostat and you're trying to micromanage it, which is creating more problems. So we have to almost like let go of the reins, if you will. So what's some of your advice to somebody who's just like th their, their obsession to the details is not helping them anymore. It's in fact hurting them. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's identifying that you have a problem. Hmm. So, and it goes back to what I said earlier about how you eat when you're not on a diet. So anyone out there that like, um, will be super good for like a period of time until they can't take it anymore. And then they like have a two day Twinkie bender. Um, that's, that's an example. <laughs> Twinkie bender. <laughs> yeah. That, that's an example. That means that whatever you were doing was far, far too restrictive and it was creating an unhealthy place. Like when you have a healthy relationship with food, you can have um, a slice of pizza and be like, okay, that was enough. Like I don't need any more. Um, when you have an unhealthy relationship with food, it's almost the mindset of, okay, I'm off my diet plan today. I have to eat as much pizza as possible and then I'll start back again on Monday. That is not good. So basically, how do you get to that point is you have to determine what's non-negotiable for you. So Everyone, um, everyone has probably tried multiple dieting strategies before, um, but inevitably, if they've fallen off the wagon, it's because that diet strategy was violating one or more of their non-negotiable items. So when you just kind of think of like a self-audit, like, first of all, are you willing to restrict yourself to one, uh, essentially one or two macronutrients? For example, are you willing to completely cut out carbohydrates? And some people are. I know some people that they love, 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 love eating high-fat diets, and they couldn't care less about carbs. So it's a non-issue for them. So for those people, a ketogenic strategy can be very, very beneficial to get them to drop body fat. So for those people, they're eating lots of avocado. They're eating organic grass-fed butter, coconut oil, uh, cheeses, things like that, nuts. Um, and that's a great plan for them. Now, some people... The carb lovers out there, I know you could never do it being Italian. If I told you you get no more carbs, what's going to happen? You'll be good for a couple weeks and then exactly. you'll I got, fall I got a wedding right. coming. I got weddings I got weddings left and right, man. <laughs> yeah. So so for that, so, so in that case, that's a non-negotiable for you. You don't want to have to completely eliminate any macronutrients. Um, another one is are you willing to track every bite of food that enters your mouth? And this hmm. is where the if it fits your macros uh, comes in. People literally tracking every single bite to know how many grams of protein, uh, carbs, and fats they're having uh, across a day. Now, this I don't love this strategy because it's very neurotic and it is the uh, kind of the illusion of control. And I always tell people, I'm like, you're only as precise as your least precise measure. So if you're going to track everything that's going in, are you also tracking everything that's going out like do you account for if you forget your car keys up the stairs and you have to run up the stairs an extra time that day and they kind of look at me like oh crap i didn't think of that <laughs> but it can be a viable strategy if people want to have be able to have every single type of food in their diet but they are willing to moderate the amounts by tracking them that can be a good strategy and a lot of people have great success and freedom because they no longer have to restrict, they, they no longer have to say no to certain foods, they just have to moderate the amounts. Um, another one is, are you willing to go long periods of time without eating? And that's where intermittent fasting comes in. I know some people that are like, uh, I, I had, a, had a gal this morning that was just like, Ryan, she's like, I can, I can skip breakfast, I can skip lunch, I can be starving all day, but I just want to eat what I want to eat at dinner. 
And so it's like for her, we gave her some guidelines of a couple targets she had to eat at dinner in terms of making sure she had enough phytonutrients. Going back again, we have to eat enough nutritious food to support health. So for her, she's fasting during the day and she has two big meals at night. And she has some targets of what she needs to do in terms of protein and phytonutrients and veggies. But then after that, if she wants a little chocolate or a little ice cream or whatever, she can have it. But we're getting her deficit by her being willing and okay to completely skip breakfast and lunch. She's totally cool with it. Now, me, I turn into the cookie monster if mm-hmm. I go periods of time without food. <laughs> so other people, uh, you know, are you willing to then restrict your food choices? If uh, we allow you to eat more frequently. So me personally, I, I'm eating every couple hours just because uh, my biggest uh, trigger is getting too hungry. And so I eat healthy, nutritious food every couple hours. And occasionally when I do have um, quote unquote junk food, I'm never starving to the point that I eat it, you know, unrestricted. So I'll have a little bit and then be done with it and then I'm good to go. Um, you know, so it's kind of picking and choosing your battles and doing an honest uh, self-assessment of what you're willing to forego um, in order to get results. That's fantastic. Ryan, who's your ideal client? We're about to open up one-on-one coaching. For those who don't know, Ryan and I have been running a one-on-one personalized coaching program to help you take your physique or performance to the next level. And we've had literally hundreds of guys go through it over the years. This is truly customized, guys. You work with Coach Ryan, and uh, we're opening it up really soon with just a limited number of spots. So, um, Ryan, we're now in a cool position where we get to select who we want to work with. And I want to know who your ideal client is so that when people are applying, they can raise their hand and they can say, yeah, Ryan, I'm your guy. I'm going to do what yeah. you tell me. Who, who are you looking for, man? Who's who's going to crush it if they come in with the mentality, this mentality you're going to describe, you know? Awesome. Um, I really like people, and this is kind of a general answer, but I, I really enjoy people that are invested in the process. So the people that get the best success in our coaching program are the ones that communicate with me the most. Um, if, if people go and they get their programs and then they never check in or they never ask questions about it or they never, those people tend to not do as well as people that check in with me on a very regular basis, ask a lot of questions or generally invested. I love teaching. And so when someone asks me like, what's the purpose of, you know, this nutrition strategy or why is this exercise in my program? I thoroughly enjoy that. And those type of people are the ones that tend to get the best results. Now, um, my favorite types of people to work with are ones that are um, not true beginners, honestly. And I'll be honest, I know we may be, uh, may be losing a couple clients over this, but I don't, I, it's hard to do true beginners online because uh, true beginners are best taught in person so someone can teach them their technique. Um, so generally, I work best with people that have their, some experience and know their way around the gym already and understand basic exercises and that are committed and motivated. And the cool thing is, with my background, I have background both in like bodybuilding as well as um, sports performance. I, I can train people for fat loss, for muscle gain, for sports performance, whatever, whatever it may be. I just enjoy working with people that bust ass, don't complain, and stay invested in the process. Ryan, share a couple of your top success stories uh, recently, you know, any levels. Yeah, well, I got a, um, I got a couple guys. So one guy, um, hammer thrower, is getting ready. He's hoping he actually competes this weekend, um, but he's gunning for the Olympic trials at the next Olympics. Wow. Um, so he's, and he's awesome. Like, 
one of those guys that just uh, puts the work in. He communicates me all the time, tells me when things are going well, tells me when things are not going well, and we adjust on the fly. Um, he's awesome. I got another girl that's gearing up for a uh, bodybuilding or a bikini show, rather, uh, coming up here this summer. And she's just been outstanding. She was she was lean when she came to us uh, through our program, Vince. But she's also she's gotten so much leaner and just m- much more developed muscle. And the biggest thing is educated. There were some things in terms of um, supplements that she just wasn't sure about, and we kind of taught her what she needed to know um, in terms of supplements. And she's just making outstanding progress. Literally every time, every time she sends pictures, my jaw hit the floor. Cause I'm just like, is this the same? Is this the same girl? Like she makes changes every couple weeks to her body. It's amazing. Um, and then I got, and then I got a guy, uh, in Finland. What's up, Joni? If you're listening to this, um, he's, he's down, uh, 20 some pounds now, 20, about 23 pounds. And, um, he, he's been killing it in the gym. He asks amazing questions. It, it got to the point one time where there was one day that we emailed each other back and forth for probably like three hours. And finally we were both like, okay, this has gotten too much. We got to go because it was just like <sighs> legit good conversation. He was, he's studying, uh, in physical therapy and osteopathy. So he's like going through all that doctor stuff right now. And so huh. to bridge the gap between like, physical therapy and strength and conditioning um you know it's a gap that hasn't um really been filled with a lot of experts and so it's it's kind of it was really cool it's been cool to talk shop with him and train him um and the interesting thing too is he's a vegan so a lot of people say vegans can't achieve success in the gym and Joni is uh an example of someone that uh bucks that notion because he gets great results and, and there's no signs of him slowing down anytime soon and I'm writing him some tough programs too. Lots of like loaded carries. He loves he loves real functional movements. So we're doing a lot of things like uh, tra- like farmers carries and one arm overhead carries and like zercher carries and mixed in with some bodybuilding and some physical therapy type rehab drills. It's really been a fun uh, program client to write for. Yeah, I always joke around when you get a brand new program from Ryan, it's like sitting inside of a Ferrari 488 for the first <laughs> time and being able to, you know, sense the craftsmanship of the the old Italian man or whoever spent, you know, countless hours thinking about every detail. <laughs> yeah, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, writing programs is probably my favorite thing to do. So um, it, it's it's definitely something I put a lot of effort and thought into, and it's never just one program at a time. I've always got a big picture in mind. So um, it, it always kind of builds phase to phase and there's periods of really intense work and periods of, uh, recovery. And it's, it's all mapped out kind of, um, with, with the client in mind, uh, individually. So, yeah, no, you always think long-term phases, yep. how this is skillfully organized based on where we're going, where you were, um, you know, there's brilliance in every step. And, um, you know, I want to know who you, um, paying attention to these days, who's influencing you, Who's um who's on the cutting edge uh, to keep our guys armed with the best information so guys can kind of filter out maybe some noise that might not be as beneficial as as the key guys that are are leading the charge. Oh man, I, you know it's going to be hard in terms of who I follow because the honest truth is uh, the people that I get information from don't don't manage Instagram accounts or YouTube or anything like that. They're, <laughs> I, they're, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm on a I'm on a list with um with a bunch of physician an email list with a bunch of physicians 
physicians and chiropractors and uh, nutritionists and all that stuff. And none of them have like social media, but they're all like actually doing research. Like one guy, um, Dr. Jordan Moon, he is literally the world's foremost authority on body composition measurement. So he um, he has compared and contrasted everything from calipers to bioelectrical impedance to um, DEXA scan and what's fun and you know bod pod. What's funny, what's interesting about Dr. Moon and what's interesting about body composition body composition in general is everyone says the DEXA scan is like the gold standard for measuring body fat. And it is the gold standard that's widely available to the public. But there's actually two methods um, to measure body fat that are truly accurate. One of them requires you to be dead first because they have to boil you down and separate you into components. So we don't recommend that one. But the other one is a six-compartment MRI. And those only a handful of those available in the world. And you can't just book it to check your body fat that are used for medical research only. So even a DEXA scan, being the most accurate that's widely available still is about plus or minus three to four percent error. So that means if you are truly 10% body fat on a six compartment MRI, that means your actual body fat is somewhere between 10 or excuse me, between seven to 13% on a DEXA scan. So it's like, it's really fascinating. Like, um, just talking to these guys and learning. That's just one example, but that's who I get my information from is the people that are actually in the research labs doing the experiments on humans, mice, you know, whatever, looking at the human genome sequencing and all that stuff. So, um, you're not going to be able to find them on Instagram, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. No, it, it really reassures me. Like ever since we've met, you've always been on the cutting edge, going to events, connected with guys that I don't, I've never even heard of. <laughs> and it's just so cool, um, <laughs> to know that you're just, um, always understanding that you don't know what you don't know it's a it's a yep. really it's a really um valuable um i would say one of the most valuable traits of a coach and uh, i just did an instagram post on this yesterday got a huge response i don't know if you saw it but it was in it was inspired by something um our pastor taught us on the weekend but it was um the most mature thing that anyone can say in their lifetime is i don't know how and um, the reason yeah. he said that's the, one of the most mature things that you can say is because it's the starting ground for growth, right? And when you admit yep. that you don't know how to do something, it now keeps your mind open to possibilities and solutions. And uh, it really allows you to continue to, um, to learn. And, and what it also does, what's most important about this, most people probably already know that, but um, <clears throat> it keeps you focused on not needing to know more. Not needing to know more and to kind of wind our call yeah. down, but we've been talking about the value of working with a coach and trusting the coach and trusting the process. You said yourself that's the one thing you look for most in the individual, that they value the process that's going to go into this. And if yes. you need to know everything before you start, then you won't start uh, because uh, that's not how you get results. You get results by starting by, uh, well, let's define starting in a cooler way. You get results by deciding and then committing and then acting and then pivoting when you hit obstacles and that's how you succeed. And then you just keep repeating that, yep. right? You keep repeating that and you don't need to know everything. You just need to know what you know right now. So when you sign up 
for our one-on-one coaching program and you work with Ryan, he's going to tell you what you need to know. And as long as you execute on it, as long as you sow, as long as you sow, you will reap the harvest, right? You will see the results and then you'll gain more knowledge as you need to know so that you can focus on executing and doing, which is where the opportunity for change is. And if you can just embrace that mindset, you don't need to know everything. You just need to do what you already know. And that's what's an in fact, that's what in fact is preventing your growth. And that's in fact the solution to growth, applying what you already know and not um, trying to find more information. And uh, that's why coaching is so valuable. It's why these guys are getting such amazing results. And uh, uh, our coaching program is available for application uh, by invitation only. So if you go to vincedelmonifitness.com forward slash coaching, I think we're dropping this podcast a couple days before couple days before we announced this to my entire newsletter list and we have a limited number of spots so we're going to give everybody who's on the podcast right now a head start we're going to give you early access to apply and when those spots are full those spots are full and the reason we only have a certain number of spots is to maintain quality control uh, Ryan was very clear with me you know once he hurts hits a certain number you know we're going to have to bring on another coach simply because we take pride in the work and the quality that's necessary to get you the results that you deserve. Uh, and uh, that's it. So apply right now, vincedelmontifitness.com forward slash coaching and coach Ryan Fanley will be your coach. He will be writing your workouts, writing your nutrition plans. He will be doing your email check-ins, uh, your physique check-ins based on how you guys set things up. And there's two options. There's a four-month option, a six-month option. You get a nice little discount for committing to the six months. That's the one we like to push everybody uh, to invest in because we've got more time now to work together. I personally worked with Ryan for four years and uh, it was the best decision I ever made. And applying for our coaching program will be the best decision you've ever made too. So do that right now. Ryan, thanks so much for our t- for your time today. I'm pumped for our next two calls. Yeah, thank you, brother. It's always fun chatting with you. All right, brother. Take care, everyone. All right. See ya. Love this episode of the Vince Del Monte podcast? Then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. And most importantly, it will help us spread the M5 mission to other men like us dedicated to maximizing and mastering the five M's of manhood. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak soon. Guess what? We just sold out. A thousand copies of my best-selling book, Living Large, have been claimed. And I'm so, so grateful. If you picked up a copy, I just want to say thank you for trusting me and investing into my work. I truly believe that when you start building muscle, the no-nonsense way, you will not just build muscle in the short term, but you will go the distance and you will keep building muscle into your 30s, into your 40s, and into your 50s. I am committed to helping you build a body that gets noticed and one that doesn't take more from you than it gives back. Now, I have got good news if you missed out on claiming your copy. We have just ordered another 1,000 copies from our publisher and they are ready to ship. All you need to do is go to getlivinglarge.com, pay a small shipping fee, and it will be shipped directly to your front door so that you can prime your body for insane muscle gain. You're going to get 
a done-for-you 30-week muscle-building program and done-for-you meal plans based on your body type and based on whether you want to pack on muscle aggressively or if you need to lose a little bit of body fat. I got you covered. Just go to getlivinglarge.com and the book is yours.